Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the greatest podcast extravaganza in the history of this sentence. Today we're going to talk about freedom. Everywhere I go, people are talking about freedom. Give me my freedom back. It's a free country. There's plenty of talk and plenty of blame too. But who's really stopping you from being free? What's your version of freedom look like? Do you understand there's a difference between a wild animal and one with freedom? Maybe Janis Joplin was right, and freedom is just another word for nothing left to lose. Well, if that's the case, I better start living the life I want to live without being a victim and take control of the life that I want to live. Now I'm going to get this party started. It's time to play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Welcome to the Crude Life Morning Show in the evening. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. Take number three here. Sterling, how you doing? Do I'm we got it? I'm a little, yep, little tired. You know, long day, but a good one. How about you? I know doing you're well. Busy as heck. Doing well. We got the mic turned on. We got the recorder turned on. Folks, it's been one of those days. Uh, Sterling, he's just on his way back from out of town because his day job, of course, his regular job. I've been extremely busy with uh, the other side of the whole non-morning show part <laughs> of, of this. And then it's... There's know, a lot of work that goes into just producing one show. I'm amazed watching what you do now. We've got the Industrial Forest meeting coming up tomorrow, which is a Wednesday, because today's Tuesday. For those people listening on a Wednesday, we're recording this on a Tuesday evening because we do want to put out a show every day still. And Hell or high water, baby. So coming up in the work hard portion, because we do have a couple work hard portions. We even got one in the can now. Oh, really? So we got tomorrow. Starting to get a backlog. Already done, too. Well, but you're going to be busy. Coming up in, right, because we're going to be on the road tomorrow. Uh, coming up in tomorrow's, uh, later, I'm sorry, coming up in today's work hard <laughs> portion, Nicholas Melosi, American Patriot Oil and Gas. Okay, okay, ready for the spoiler alert here? Hit me. He's selling his company. No. Oh. So we were going to go do some other interview, right? Well, he kind of mentioned that he was going to be selling his company. Mm. So I'm like, well, let's talk about that. Yeah. That's the that's juicier. Absolutely. Let's let's you know in today's environment, absolutely. Well, totally. So let's talk. What, what's the process? Uh-huh. You know, what what are you offering? Has this been in the pipe a long time, or is this kind of a a, a recent thing? What oh, are you good. Gonna, you going to offer him cash? We're still recording. Good. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. Well, I would kind of like hey. Talk to me like I'm ready to buy. Right. Sell me. That's exactly right. what I said to him. I yeah. go, well, use this opportunity, man. Yeah. So that's coming up in the latter portion of the program or the later portion of the program. Yeah, that sounds like it could be juicy. We need to talk about Baylor, all right? And maybe we'll do that in the next segment because we have our March Madness winners. Mm-hmm. Also coming up this week, Catherine Hill with Petronius Petroleum. See, I knew I was in there somewhere. And Jenica. Hauser did that interview. Now, Jenica Hauser, we got some big news for her, too. And she's been doing some great stuff. So I, I texted her earlier because I wanted to find out when her first day was when we brought her on board because she was part of the COVID cast-offs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we thought, well, I mean, she's talented, and she's more importantly, she works. Yeah. 
And, and she it, actually gets it done. What was it? It was our pilot program. Yeah, it was right around the pilot program. Yeah. So right around turn of the year. Yeah. So what are we, three months in now, four months yeah, in? I'm guessing it was January, February. So mid-January, let's yeah. say. And because remember, she started and she was get, running into some brick walls at mm-hmm. first. Well, people didn't want to talk. And I felt bad because, you know, I mean, we kind of agreed on, a, you know, I'll be honest, a lowball price. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, she was desperate and I didn't have a lot of extra yeah. money we you know we didn't we, we don't get government money no not yet know? we're still trying to figure that out though hopefully one of the meetings tomorrow i can find i can find out how we get it exactly no i'm, I'm actually gonna ask that question how do we get the money well, well you're gonna be talking yeah, to the mayor, right I, you know kind of so you dress it up a little bit make it pretty we'll, we'll get back to um that but let's get to jenica then for yep. a second and then you can ask me about how we're gonna ask for the government money because mm-hmm. we are okay i'm gonna ask I'm how excited. we how do we get on this fast track, too big to fail, golden parachute, whatever it is, money? <laughs> well, the marketplace is extremely, extremely managed now. Mm-hmm. It's managed. And don't give me no COVID excuses. Don't care. Don't care. What I care about is the reality of now. And the reality of now is, is that the marketplace is extremely managed by the government and the banks and the people that they control. Okay. So Back to Jenica. Jenica. <laughs> well, well, yeah. yeah. No, hey, so, I, you, you had something to say. She's been just ripping it out of the park. So, you know, I primed the pump early. I, I think I got one or two interviews lined up for her. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, uh, Mark Gordon, uh, governor, governor of Wyoming. Wyoming right. Well, you know, she's from Casper. She mm-hmm. lived in Casper. Yeah, it made sense. I played that card, you know, like, local, hey, constituent. Yep, local hey, constituent. Hey. Exactly. It's not, not the out-of-town guy right. looking for an interview. Yeah. You're going to be blowing off your local girl. Yeah, this and is honest press. Female. Female empowerment. Yeah, really checking all the boxes. Exactly. Yeah. Just, you know. But total. then she took the ball and ran, right? I mean, well, she's been and, setting things up on her own. And from there, right, she kind of parlayed that into Christy Craddock, the Texas Railroad Commissioner, and Foot in the um, door. Oh, all kinds of different. Andy Black from the Pipeliners Association, and you know she's been doing great. And so John Cook with uh, Weld County, oh, uh, Colorado oh. State, yeah, <laughs> the, the sheriff out there, yeah, former sheriff. So uh, where I'm going with this is that uh, via email today, and we're working on some details, but. Uh, Jenica's going to have a column in the Oil Woman magazine. No kidding. So wow. after a couple months of doing some interviews here with The Crude Life, she's passing me real quick. Hey, I'm glad somebody's making money off this. Good for you. Congratulations, So we got, we got Sean Forbes with OG Directory just taking over the program, <laughs> saying, you know, welcome back. And with me is Jason. <laughs> I'd say to her, well, Thanks for having me. You can hear me in the background saying the little smart-ass comments, and she's just all in, taking just it, taking yep. it, you know. And then we got Jenica over here just passing me up on the, the main event interviews. <laughs> but that's kind of how you want it to be, you know? You see that bird right there? Yeah, sure. He pooped on my head earlier, and I was inside. <laughs> I think I think I think there's a sign happening That's here. That's a sign. <laughs> That's one of my favorite moments of Park and Rec. That's awesome. <laughs> that, like the send-off character. Yep. Who was it? It was the uh, parks manager. No, yeah. the uh, city uh, architect guy. That's right. Yeah. City planner. His send-off. Ben Danowitz. When they, when they brought in Rob Lowe and the other guy, his send-off was 
That pigeon pooped on me. I was looking for a sign. <laughs> yep. He's like explaining all the stuff that went wrong. If a wrong bird poops and... on you while you're inside, yeah, there's something going on there. Right. Man. I it, mean, I've always heard that birds inside have kind of a spiritual connotation, like someone from your past who's passed away coming and visiting you. But if they come to visit you and then crap on your head. So should we talk about the bird than the bear? Yes, please. Okay. So by the way, congratulations to Jenica. Uh, she's going to be uh, doing some. It looks like her, you like know, her actual co- print journalism. Yeah, but with the way we do it, because we've gone through some evolution of things. You know, we used to do actual legit articles with the oil man, and then a lot of the interviews I was getting was so good because uh, during you know hundred dollar Bakken, mm. it was you could th- throw a rock and you could hit a billionaire out there. Right. Not not a millionaire, a billionaire, right? Yeah. And everybody and, wanted to talk about it. And I would just walk up to him and say, can I get an interview? Because that's what I was trained to do, Mm -hmm. right? And so we had so many newspapers and radio stations that were carrying our content, we would would have no problem doing this. So we started turning that into transcripts, okay? So for a couple of years with the Oil Man magazine, uh, we did Q&A with Jason Spies with Mm -hmm. the transcripts. And and then um, then when I started fighting cancer, uh, I started getting lazy, because I was Gee, I getting why. well, fatigue is one of the yeah is one of the symptoms, I and so that time. I was uh, going through a little bit of that. So I was doing a little more of uh, writing a paragraph or two, and then fifteen photos. <laughs> call that we call that lazy journalism. Yeah, no, it's, yeah it's just padding. Yeah, but people like photos. People you know, do People like magazine yep. was like the number one magazine for a long time. You can't That's, really count Reader's Digest no. if you include some cats and dogs in those pictures. You're set. Oh, man. without a doubt. Yeah. And so we did that, but then we kind of got to, and we've been doing this for the last few years because it's taken off, where we grab kind of just quotes from different interviews we did over the last month. Mm-hmm. So, and it's kind of cool because, you know, you can put like, you know, Danny Skiff from D. Sanders USA, who's our work hard interview tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, he'll, he'll be in an interview with like U.S. Senator Kevin Kramer. So, you know, we're, it's kind of neat because you, it's kind of hodgepodge. Right. Almost like collage. But each <laughs> one brings their specialized yeah. industry. So here you've got, you know, Danny Skiff talking about frac sand. Then you got Tiffany Wilson talking about housing and how, you know, this part of the Permian is picking up. Mm-hmm. And then you got U.S. Senator Kramer putting out a warning that, hey, man, things keep up down to three oil companies <laughs> pretty soon. So, it's like Nostradamus, the way it's So happening. it sounds like that's kind of what we're going to do with Jenica, or that's that's what they're going to try to do in the beginning because she's landed such great interviews that, you know, here's a pair, here's here's a quote from Christy Craddock, and here's yeah. one from Stephanie Canales, who's a, you know. Well, she's uh, able to develop that backlog of without a doubt. Know, experience, and yeah, that's awesome. So congratulations to uh, Jenica for, you know, just evolving your career, yep. really. And I'm glad that the crude life has played a small part in it, really. Yeah. Actually, I mean, makes it all worthwhile now. Well, I mean, because <laughs> yeah. somebody's getting good. It's a great example of us enabling opportunity and her picking up those sticks of opportunity mm-hmm. and grabbing the brass ring. That's how I look at it. Yeah. Another step, though. And there's a lot of brass rings to grab. That's the beauty of it. You know, it's a rung ladder. So getting to the bird. I got a theory about birds. All right. So, folks, if you own a bird or you're a friend of a bird owner, you may be offended. I think these people are kind of crazy. Bird people? People who own birds. 
They're kind of crazy. My niece has a couple in her house, and they freak me out. So, and and I and I mean that in a, in a very loving way. Yeah. But I do mean that they're they are different people. They 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 generally they act different. They yeah. think different. Yep. Um, I've known three people with birds. Okay, one had the little cockatoo love a do, lo, love bird the ones. Love bird, okay, yeah. that one I can is probably the low scale of tolerability. Okay, as far as understandability, even kind of get that. Not a fan of it, but whatever. Uh, then I've known somebody who's had the, the parrot. Yeah, the, the, that's the, the most common one I the run into. The macaw. The macaw. Okay, now that you're getting into a new level of crazy. Oh okay? yeah, dude, the beak could crush you. I mean, oh, and it grabbed onto my finger. I flung it across the room because I didn't know what to do. Well, that little you, thing grabbed you onto have had me. a finger anymore. Oh, here, feed it. It's cute clamp yeah uh-uh. yeah it's cute for you those yeah. things are possessive yeah. those things are like a dog they grab onto man. an owner it's a dinosaur yeah but yeah. oh man my, i'm not a bird guy and i owned one my one buddy his wife had a macaw and he would call me and he would complain <laughs> about the bird about, about just well she'd she'd freak out if anybody had their socks or shoes on the couch but she let a bird poop on her shoulder because that's what birds do yes. when you have them on your shoulder. They poop on your shoulder, okay? They poop everywhere. Yeah, she'll let the bird walk around the house and poop mm. all over, uh. but God forbid you don't use a coaster. Nope. Get a ruler on the fingers, right? Yeah, see, there, there's some divergent. That's what I mean. They're different people. There, there. There's some different, yep. exactly. So touched. what she would They're do, touched. what she would do is... Oh man. Okay, so they used to they used to have to like put a, a a sheet over the thing because it would just wouldn't shut up during dinner. Like the, and they'd keep it in the kitchen yeah. dining room area. Uh-huh. Okay, that's uh-huh. that's another red flag. But she would put the bird on her shoulder and the bird's clipped so they can't fly, right? What the so, hell? That right. That's what they that's what these bird owners do. They clip the wings yeah. so they can't get away. That's Red an, flag number that's one. That's another interesting. That's, that's the yeah, core never, of it all for me, right about there. It that oh, way, man. That is why I'm. I have a problem with bird owners, wow. right there, because the majority of them clip the wings of something that has the ultimate freedom. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, getting back to, she would walk around the block with this bird on her shoulder, and I, I just, I go, what? And he goes, and he's like, has no idea how bizarre this sounds. Right. And I go. Dude, you got to understand what you're saying. He goes, "What?" And I go, "Are you kidding me?" I go, "You take your bird out go, for a walk." If your wife was walking around my block, I go, "If you lived on my block and you were walking around with a bird on your shoulder, I would call the family to the picture window and yell, "The crazy bird lady's coming around with that parrot on her shoulder. Are you mateys? Right. Yeah. If you're going to do it, play pirate. You might as well go full pirate. Well, because I told him, I said, how many people have you seen in your life walking around with a bird outside of a movie on their shoulder? I'll, I'll tell you, the people I know that have the birds, the macaws and stuff like that, they identify with some of those traits in the bird that they just... They typically don't like dogs. They don't like cats. But there's something about the bird. I don't know what it is. In man. the same way that somebody judges a cat person, yep. it's like on steroids with a bird owner. You see, my biggest problem with birds is that they're jittery, and you never know what their agenda is. 
I would get attacked by them at the pet store all the time. Right, they'd always freak they would out. Fly they fly at could me. Smell it. They knew. They knew. They knew yep. that I did not appreciate. It's like their the cat that knows eyes. you're allergic comes and sits on your right, lap exactly. as soon as you come into the totally. house. <laughs> so we got a next level up of a bird owner, by the way. Okay. Because I said I, I know I've known three. Right. Okay. I've known the cockatoo. Cockatoo. And he was, you know, he was his own. Special form of crazy. Yeah, harmless, fun, just really excited about the world all the time, mm-hmm. okay? To the tune to where he had to get lovebirds. So it was more about just <laughs> super happy Al, right? Oh, wait, go for it. And so, actually, Big Gay Al. There you okay, go. Okay, Big Gay Al. That's, that's, that's a great name. Well, that's from South Park. Yep. What you've never I, seen. I, don't, don't spread that around. Well, that's okay. Well, you are born Jewish, so it's oh, probably... Well, that, that's what it is? Probably a lot of reason <laughs> that you wouldn't want to watch it, even though one of the writers is Jewish. Okay, so uh, the next level up, okay, so macaw, parrot. And you'd think that would be the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. What's above, what, pterodactyl? Owl. No, friggin' what? Owl. Who has a friggin' owl? Uh, you've met my friend who works in the heating and cooling industry, mm-hmm. Okay. His name sounds like a motorcycle. Right. Okay. Well, his wife, mother, two owls. Two owls. Separate times. Man. Oh, not continuous, like. Not two at the same time. Okay. That'd be a little. Had, had an owl, mm-hmm. and then a year later got another owl. Okay. They clip the owl's wings. So, too? oh, no, she wouldn't clip these. I was going to say. Oh, no. This the is owl a whole. Kill you in your sleep. This is a grand poopa. Of cook, no, who, who, there we go. We got to get it right. So, yeah, we got to get your bird right, your avian. He's telling me about like the, it was, I think it was a first date. First date. Okay. And he's 48 now. Okay. So, this is 20 years ago. He was 18, 30 years ago. Oh, geez. Did I just, now I'm feeling old. Math, right? Okay. Yeah. So, he goes to pick her up. Walks into the foyer area. This owl's up on the top staircase. Swoops down at nope. him right when he walks in. Nope, nope. Shut it down. <laughs> Shut. Oh, it you haven't seen his wife. Down. Oh, she's owl worthy. Okay. Okay. So okay. anyway, so <laughs> she's owl worthy. <laughs> Wait, does that mean she's worth putting up with an owl, or she's the perfect type of person to own an owl? Yes. All right. So, um, <laughs> so the mom, when she was not home, she would keep the owl in the kitchen oh, and put a sheet over the, you know, the entryways. Right. So that's, that was the owl's cage was in the kitchen. Oh, my God. I guess you, if you have an owl, you probably can't have any other pets. Certainly not mice. Not mice no, or kitties, man. No. <laughs> or little babies, really. Jeez. So, yeah, uh and I might have poked a bear in Bismarck, so that's there. There might be some meetings happening tomorrow based on bear poking. It's I, I may have I may have poked a bear that I didn't try to poke, and you know you know how it goes. You, you, sometimes you don't know what what you're doing. Well, and sometimes you don't know you're stepping on someone's toes. Yeah, and so I just was you know. In Are so, you piddling in someone else's pond? Is that what's going on? I'm trying to get some shit done. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. So we're but, we're moving things ahead and. Lo and behold, there are wheels trying to slow it down. Absolutely, of course. Well, North Dakota's always been known as a crab bucket. They don't let you climb out. Ha. Huh. You know, you try to leave, and then they right. bring you down. Uh, you know, well, go look at a crab bucket. 
Oh, I've heard this for 20, 20 30 years in this state. I've heard really? this. Oh, yeah. The crab bucket. They uh, pull you down, that type of thing. You watch a, watch a bunch of crabs in the crab bucket. They don't work together. Well, you know, my biggest concern with the industrial forest has always been somebody like the government just going, hey, great idea. Thanks. Oh, that might still happen that way. I mean, that's, that's the fear, right? But at least with these meetings, you're going to hopefully get some movement. One of the beauty of transparency. We've already announced who we're meeting with mm-hmm. on social media. Hey, we're meeting with the ag director on Wednesday, Doug Goring. We're meeting with Mayor Steve Bakken on mm-hmm. uh, Wednesday. We're meeting with the uh, forestry department of Bismarck on Wednesday. His name's Greg, too. And so, um, Doug. Doug, you should probably probably make sure about that. I should. Yep, just to... The mayor set up that interview. <laughs> I have not... Well, then you're not liable. I, I have not spoken <laughs> to the gentleman yet. You don't have so liability I'm, yet. In my notes, it says forestry guy. So, um, <laughs> hey, forestry guy. I guy wasn't, that's not Steve Ducey. I wasn't planning on pop quizzing myself right. at, this, at this point <laughs> this, in the program. This late hour. <laughs> Woo, boy. All right, we got to take a break. We come back. March Madness, we got a winner. Oh, man. We got, him, we got a winner. Woo. All right. Play hard, work hard. That is Sterling. My name is Jason Spies. It's the evening edition of The Morning Show. I'm feeling all right. I'm doing okay I'm here for the moment You know and then I'm on my way I came and I said What I have to say I just assume Be on my way The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show Play Hard Work Hard Is by the Moody River Band Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by Chewy Paws. All natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs. USA sourced premium quality and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas, and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, ChewyPaws.com. That's Chewy Paws with a Z.com. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. Welcome back. 
back to the Crude Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. This is the evening edition. This is the hopefully the one and only evening edition. But uh, we'll see how it, how it goes. I mean, hey, we, you know, we just wanted to make sure we got a show in today, and uh, I did not want to do one by myself. So this is the evening edition. And right now we're going to talk a little March Madness, the Crude Life Woo! 2021 March Madness tournament. We have a wiener. We have a wiener. Yeah, it's funny, too, with a team like that, Gonzaga, is, it's kind of like the Patriots, right? Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, who's going to remember the fact that they were 31-0 and 0 or 30-0? and 0? <coughs> The Gonzaga? Yeah. Well, they'll probably go down as a flop for a while or a disappointment or whatever the case might be when, in reality... Hey, they had they lost one game out of thirty, season. or you know whatever amount yeah. of games they played. So you know the re- that's the reality is that they lost one. Yeah. Baylor lost two. Yeah, but Baylor lost too early, and you know different timing is all timing. There's a great lesson in timing right Absolutely. there. Another lesson too that I noticed, and by the way, we do want to congratulate Elite Energy Services for defeating Imperative. Chemical Partners, eighty-six to seventy. Oh, it was by sixteen points. Yeah, it was a it was a decent. I thought they got it under double digits, <laughs> but they did not. No, so. and I only caught you know highlights and stuff, but they they clearly Gonzaga did not have the same energy. You know, and this is what I took away from it. And we do want to congratulate Elite Energy Services for winning because you are going to get that uh, FR Ariat jacket custom jacket from becker safety and supply and i saw that uh devin becker has already reached out to mr Derek allen the coach and so the wheels are in motion there i signed off on the proofs for the crude life stainless steel approved officially approved water or coffee liquid Travel tumbler. And now I finally know what seafoam looks like. Seafoam green and black are the colors we're going to be going with. Uh, Final four teams will get uh, one of those as well. They're gorgeous. They could use it as a trophy mm-hmm. if they if they choose or as a travel tumbler. It's pretty solid too. Choice is theirs. I think it would work at home defense. I would use it as a trophy personally, but hey, you know, to each their own. You can put your cat's ashes in it. I do want to point out something though here, folks, because... We're going to be doing a five, six, seven, eight-part series. What's our list up to now for types of leadership? Oh, geez. I think 13. I was firing them off to you the other yeah, day. I was on the road. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we got to do a show. Because after I was reading these these uh, stories, right, um, I think it was last night when I was firing off some of these. So there's a type of leader out there. It's the, it's the sports shouting leader and sports shouting, shouting journalist. So there's, this is a combo pack here. <laughs> it's a combo pack. Because keep in mind, you know, there's a lot of journalists who work for organizations that have leadership roles in the public conversation. Uh, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Yahoo. I mean, these are... Yahoo's still around? Yahoo produces a lot of their own news, actually. Mm-hmm. They've got, they're very, up, very on the digital. They do NBA bump, I think it's what it's called. They do a fantasy football show. You know, they do a lot of video. But what I noticed was 
Stephen A. Smith. You remember him? No. He's the ultimate sports shouter on on uh, ESPN. So he's there, there's kind of a couple examples out there, but it's pretty well known that he's an asshole. <laughs> and so a lot of his teleprompter people don't like him. And so they've run burgundy him a few times. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but they don't do it with swear words. Mm-hmm. They do it to make him look like an idiot. <laughs> so there's, there's really this famous, famous scene out there where Stephen A. Smith, who probably knows more about basketball than football, but because he plays the role, he's... They he's got, reading what they show him. Yeah, they got to put him in places that he knows nothing about. Yeah. Okay, because they got to, you know, to present... A topic on surviving cancer, you got to have the person who didn't survive cancer speak on it, right? Because that's the world we live in now. If they've got the network. If they got the better network, right? Or have been approved mm-hmm. by the network, right? So Stephen A. Smith gets out there and does like this deep dive on this matchup between some tight end for the San Diego Chargers and a cornerback with the Raiders. Okay. Both teams are like below 500. Right. Okay. So, obscure deep dive about this weekend's matchup. The one I want to pay attention to is this, 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 right? right. So, like, he's an expert, this and that. Well, it turns out the guy for uh, the, the uh, Chargers has been on the injured reserve all year. <laughs> this is like week eight. Okay. Week eight. And the guy from the Raiders hasn't played in the NFL in six weeks. He got cut after week two. That's going to screw somebody's fantasy team that week. So in my day, somebody like that would never be allowed on the air again. At least not talking about football. Not talking about football. Yeah. Okay. So when I started seeing the Gonzaga greatest sports team of all time, we talked about UNLV. Yep. Okay. So it's on record right here about, oh, we've seen this song and dance before. UNLV did it, and they lost to Duke in the Final Four. And, See, and actually, UNLV probably would have beat them eight out of ten times. Yeah. You know? I don't even follow college ball that much, but it seems like the narrative towards the Final Four is either, yeah, they won, but it wasn't that great of a year for anybody, or it was, they're the best team ever. So that's where we're going with this. Yeah. Leading up to this, Gonzaga... Why Gonzaga is the greatest of all time. It's a great name. These were the headlines. These were definitive headlines saying Gonzaga is the greatest of all time, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And I pointed this out earlier about how when the tournament first started, there was a reporter out there for Yahoo that said, why the Big Ten? This is their year. And remember, they all got knocked out but one team. Right. And that article disappeared (laughs) so when it's all the noise going on you can do the sleight of hand and take it down this and that but when there's only two teams and you're still bragging that gonzaga is the greatest team of all time just like they do on uh fox news and msnbc (laughs) where it's sports shouting on the political stations okay they do the same exact strategy which is tell you the way it is with definitive language and then when it doesn't go their way a next day or two is reasons why, excuses why. Yeah. So they got to reframe the narrative. 
oh, Gonzaga really didn't have that tough of a schedule all year. Yeah, so, you start hearing the right. You start. They start the defending them. Yep. Instead, where the editor, the newsman, <laughs> I don't know who's who's the who's Ron Burgundy's person. boss. Who's news person? The news. Yeah. Who's the Mary editor. Mary Tyler Moore's boss? And uh, for for you old people, Ed wow. Asner. Uh-huh. Right? Well, I can't think of too many Dave, Dave Foley from News Radio. I don't know. I now, mean, at least that's in the last 25 years. Program manager. There we go. There you go. Program, Program director. Ma- director. There we go. So, okay. There used to be somebody of authority that could say, you don't know what you're talking about. There was about. a gatekeeper. Or somebody to say, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. People pay us for trusted information. Not anymore. Not, not, not clickbait. Well, that's where we're at. It's content, it's clickbait, it's keyword. But, but that's where we're at. Yeah. Think about it. So the, the headlines of the stories for March Madness, a lot of them were clickbait. Mm-hmm. So when you think about what's going on in the world of this, a lot of the journalism is just clickbait. And then arguments why they clickbait, why you were wrong, not them. Well, especially with something like, are they the best team ever? It's, it's a non-starter, but for them, it starts a conversation. So then it can ping pong around the blogosphere. For who though? Well, for content junkies, for clickers, I don't know. But that's just it. A lot of this stuff is is nobody cares. Yeah. And but it, content it, must be filled. Right. And you and, know, there's gotta right. be a certain I mean, that's that's the thing is that is It's news, got a trigger. News has always been for profit, right? News yeah, the journalism has. has always been for printing has always been for yeah. profit. But when you get into this sort of hyper competitive 24 hour cycle, it's there's the same things, the rules that we're used to go out the window. Cause it's not about truth. It's not about accuracy and it is not about even reality. I would like to see more stories about Baylor's rock bottom in 2004. I want to say where there was a murder. Yeah. I was going to say they, they, there's a, probably a hundred other stories you could try to dig into. Right. How about a story about Gonzaga, the college, you know, I mean, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, I think, recently did a whole bit where he was like, it doesn't exist. It's not a real place. You know, they, they just showed up and decided to play basketball. Well, for so long, it was the joke college. It was the 15 seed, the 14 seed. Yeah. It came out of the Pacific yeah. co- Pacific Conference, right? I mean, they were playing like Loyola Marymount. If it wasn't for Hank Gathers, <laughs> most people would have never known about the Pacific University with – some of these different schools that exist there. Yeah. I think Mul- Ma- uh, Pacific was a school. Sorry. See, I'd like an article, Michael an in-depth dive on why there's more parody in the last 10, 15 years than there was maybe when we were growing up watching college ball. You know, you had the same regulars almost all the time. Patrick Dennehy, American basketball player for Baylor, murdered on June 12th, 2003. He was shot by a Baylor teammate. What? Wow. Yeah. So. It's like a script for a Bruce Willis. Yeah, they went through a lot. I mean, they went through a lot. And so this this coach that won it, uh, I think he's he's been there closely after that. Like they hired him very closely after that. And uh, so this was a big deal for them to, you know, build back that program Mm -hmm. and. To me, at a time where we're talking about reset, we're talking about a time where we need inspirational stories out there. This is the 
th- this is the story that you got to do. Mm-hmm. You instead of having all of your resources go to a bunch of sports shouting leadership trying to explain why they were right and you were all wrong, even though Gonzaga lost. Talk about why this is a great moment for Baylor. Yeah. Talk about that. Say, hey, I was wrong. I apologize. My facts were this. It's sports. Well, you know, it used to be in journalism, if you hung yourself out that far off the limb and made some sort of call like greatest team ever or, you know, definitively Mm -hmm. this election was stolen or whatever, if – you were wrong. That was it. That was it. You were gone. You, I mean, you, you you were done career-wise. Yeah, you're lucky if you could get a local paper job, right? <laughs> Maybe delivering them. Lucky I mean, if you, you can get an adjunct professor job just, at the community well, college, yeah, you yeah. know? I mean, Actually, probably you get all kinds of jobs at a school. But, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're always looking for teachers. But, you know, that, that kind of standard, right, that just sort of baseline what I considered a common sense ethical standard, you know, to not BS. And if it if you want to BS, make it obvious, right? Did I mention, by the way, that uh, Nicholas Melosi is our second uh, our interview with uh, American Patriot Oil yes, and Gas? Yes, you did mention that in the first segment. I did, okay. Did. Yep. Take one or take two? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. I think take two. Okay, so if we didn't, folks. <laughs> the one we actually recorded, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, not the one that we didn't. Um because there is two of those. Today. To our credit, there's a lot of buttons, there's a lot of blinking lights, and there's a lot of wires. <laughs> and it is in the evening, not in the morning. Yeah. So we, we're I'm a little drinking bit drinking coffee at nine o'clock. We're at a night. little bit discombobulated. Discombobulated, right. definitely. Well, anyway, he emailed. He said, "Thanks uh, for today. Uh, that was my first podcast. Hope it went well. I'd like another crack at it sometimes. Thanks for the opportunity. So appreciate that as well." I found it interesting that he played ball because, uh, you know, we were going to do, and I, if I mentioned this before, I apologize, but I find it funny that. You mean you know, like the expression play ball? Well, not or too you often. You, he's a football player. Not too often somebody's just going to start talking about why their company's going up for sale. Mm-hmm. And he did. So I, I was happy about that. You know, I mean, anytime you can get somebody to talk about something going on in an authentic way, I'm all about it. Well, hopefully they're doing it from a position of you know uh, strength, a position where it's their decision to do it. It's not circumstances forcing it. Well, about 10 minutes or so, you can listen for yourself, folks. American <laughs> Patriot Oil and Gas. He's the chief operating officer, Nicholas Melosi. Uh, Baylor's rock bottom. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, we talked about, by the way, Yesterday's program, you know, we talked about it's always been a three-party system. Mm-hmm. I wrote this down in my notes. Two sides to every coin, right? That's what they tell you. There's always two sides to every coin. There's actually three sides. There's the width part. So you get the front, you get the back, and then you got that little edge that goes around there, right? Yeah, so right. You, we, we do so there is three sides. Three sides. That's another one of those Orwellian tricks that they're playing on us, man. I'll tell you, too, I have seen someone flip a coin and it land... Right on its side. I've seen it in So tricks. who wins? They just do it again. They're screwing the third side of the coin, man. That's right. There's three sides to every coin. I'm going to start saying that Mind now. Mind blown. Think of that. If I actually started saying that, well, there's three sides to every coin, you know, people would correct me. Oh, yeah. And I'd be the one who's right. Yes. But people would correct me. I love to do that, though. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I'm not the sharpest tack in the crayon box. I do that, too. You know, too. things like yeah. that. 
Yeah. Just sort of a nonplussed what? <laughs> One fry short of a donut. <laughs> coming up next week, the Bakken Barbecue, a spudtacular announcement coming from the oh, Bakken man, Barbecue. Wait. Oh, we've gotten. That's been like one of our more popular posts on social media this week. Nobody cares about the presidents and the CEOs we interview, but Hell boy, no, dude, barbecue? talk about barbecue. Woo-hoo! You're talking about nice weather. You're talking about open sky. You're talking about good food, and apparently some sort of I don't know what you're trying to. I don't know what it is. Clam bake. It's going to be shrimp dish. That's the beauty of one of these give us a clue. barbecues. You never know what you're going to find. But next week we're going to tell you. A spectacular announcement! Come on, give we're, us something. We're, we're gonna give it. We're gonna give something away. Give but I'm not something. gonna give you any clues about this ah, spudtacular announcement. Man, you just you're torturing me. Hey, I got remember pers- Spuds McKenzie. He was the beer dog, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Quick question for yeah. you: What is the oddest meat you've eaten where you actually knew what it was? Because I've eaten a couple of meats where I couldn't tell you what the hell it was. But Interesting question. Yeah, I was just thinking about, you know, because barbecue, man, can mean a lot of different things. I've had kangaroo. No kidding. In a jerky stick. Okay, that'd be the way to do it. Yeah, so I don't know if that's real or not, though. Ah, yeah. I've had alligator both in a jerky stick and uh, fried. Okay, so like so a like, steak? Nah, like in an alligator chunk, Ooh. alligator cheek or something. How'd that taste? Not very good. Yeah. Uh, turtle is awful. Oh man, Very turtle soup used to be like really mud. popular. Disgusting. I have had snake. I did enjoy snake. I've heard snake is good. My I dad did, likes I, snake. I did like snake. Uh, Thought about getting him one just so we could have it. It for does Christmas. taste like chicken. It does. It does. Actually, That's what, actually, exactly what he said. Yeah, it tastes a yep. lot like chicken. Yep. Not like pork, but a lot like chicken. Yep. Uh, let's see what else, what else was there. Of course, elk and antelope. Probably elk is one of my favorite uh, as far as games mm-hmm. when I was when I ate meat before. And let's see what else did I eat that was a little bit out there. In ter- yeah, I was of course, say you've you got me beat, man. Well, seafood I've done. You know, escargot. I've <sighs> done raw oysters. I've done uh, octopus. I've done squid. I've done. I really uh, want to know about shell. the raw oyster. Yeah. Who originally thought? Like looked at that and was like. Shit, yeah, I'm going to drink that. I mean, honestly. Well, probably somebody who eats their boogers because it looks like a hocked up loogie. <laughs> oh, man. Right? Just, if it was could be any less appealing, you just achieved it. That was awesome. Well, you put a little hot sauce and a little, you know, horseradish. You're You'd fine. have to get me drunk no to do it. <laughs> Okay, what else do we have here? Okay. Fucking barbecue. And then before that, there's the CEO meeting, right? May 11th. Oh, yeah. That's coming up. That's first. I know we're all mined on the barbecue. but Well, it's actually the Williston Basin Petroleum oh, Conference. Pardon me. But it's where all the CEOs are coming in. Oh, yeah. That's the, big, the big event. On. The big uh, event. Uh, can I show up in my ripped jeans and denim jacket? Show up wherever you want, man. Sweet. Show up wherever you want. Let's see. Where were I was? What was I going to pull up here? Oh, the summer tour. Okay, so we're going to go to the Wilson Basin Conference, School's May eleventh for summer, and then June tenth, the week of there, we'll be down in the Permian for the Shale Energy Resources Trade Show. They got a week long extravaganza. They've got a bash going on down there. Bands, a trade show. 
I'm going to be speaking at the Oil Field Connections International luncheon. I know. It's hard to say sometimes. OCI. That's what the the kids call it, OCI. You nailed it. Well, again, it's that journalism upbringing, at least. I try to say the full name if I can. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it was so late, though, as (laughs) as I take a look. So we should probably wrap up the show here in a nice little bow. Uh, have we got any news, by the way? One news story? Yeah, how about this? This is this is about a week old or so, but I've been having a lot of fun. This is about a worm tornado. Yeah, you are talking about this. Finally, right? it's made the show. What's Man, going on? Uh, you know, it's like in another sign of... talking about this all week. Another sign of the end days. A resident of Hoboken, New Jersey, was out for a morning walk in a park near the Hobo? Hudson River. Hobo? Hoboken. 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 Okay. March 25th, when she spotted hundreds of worms spread along the walkway. A woman who asked not to be identified. Like earthworms. Earthworms. Told Live Science that after her initial surprise, she noticed something even more bizarre. A number of the worms had formed a cyclone-like shape, creating a spiral where the edge of the grass met the concrete. The story doesn't go on to mention the Stargate that opened afterwards, but I'm pretty sure that's where it's going to go. The the thing from Tremors came out. Right. Kevin. Kevin, The the Grabulator. Kevin Bacon was inside. (laughs) And then Fred Ward was inside of him. So a photographer raced out to take a look at this and noticed that they weren't spiraling, but they were individually wriggling. There were no open pipes nearby, and though most of the worms were spread out in a big swirl, there are plenty of worms extending beyond the outer curve of the, of the warm NATO, they're calling it, clinging to the side of a building and dribbling down the curb to the road. So, scientists have absolutely no idea why this is happening. I didn't know this until recently, but worms breathe through their skin, and so they take the oxygen out of the moisture in the ground, and when it rains, they have to go up, right? They have no idea why they're doing it. There's no indication that this has ever happened before. They think it was known as about, uh, there was 50,000 or so estimated. Yeah, that's nuts. Another anomaly in science, huh? Well, could you imagine being out for your morning walk and seeing that? Well, these things happen, you know. I mean, you're walking along and all of a sudden there's, you know, 10,000 dead fish, you know, on the shore. Yeah, you know, some red things happening. Remember that? Yeah, when that the was red going tide. On? Red tide stuff. And all of a sudden, like, a bunch of birds fall out of the sky, mm. out of nowhere. These, these just kind of these weird anomalies do happen every now and then. And It's it, like all the different plagues, man. <laughs> it is. It, that's what makes me, it makes me think of that, of the different plagues. Yep. You know, the, the crick, or not the crickets, the locusts right. and the frogs. The frogs, and, baby. Actually, I, as I was driving on some country roads today, I started to see the frogs hopping across. Or they don't know. They are, are, oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yippee skippy. This worm tornado, when seen from above, reminds me of, if you remember that movie, The Ring? Yeah. That, that's what it looks like. So I mean, it isn't an actual tornado. No, I was bummed because when you see the picture at first glance, you know, as a little thumbnail, you're like, whoa, worms are flying through the air. I figured they got sucked up in the wind. No, it's an overhead shot of a concrete path, but it's still pretty cool looking. I thought something from Tremors was involved. You know, I could make it up. Well, that would have been better. At the end of the article, they go on to say that Cthulhu, one of the elder lesser god deities from old times, has come back and is going to eat the brains of everyone. See you tomorrow, folks.
music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band. Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. Now I'm spinning dirt in a meat and Looking at the world with open eyes. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by Chewy Paws. All-natural elk, deer, moose, and caribou antler chews for dogs. USA-sourced premium quality and no preservatives. They love what we do in oil and gas, and all profits go to the dogs. That's Chewy Paws. Check out their website, ChewyPaws.com. That's ChewyPaws with a Z, dot com. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now let's work hard. Nicholas Melosi, American Patriot Oil and Gas. Excellent. Thank you for joining the program here today. American Patriot Oil and Gas. Boy, that sounds like a pretty Americana name. Where did that come from? Talk a little bit about the genesis of the company, if you wouldn't mind. Um, well, originally we started out as a uh, um, an acreage player in Colorado and Montana. Um, had about 60,000 acres leased up there. And, uh, you know, 2014, 15 uh, you know, exploration um, kind of stopped with the price of oil. Uh, so we kind of had a transition and switch gears into production. And, you know, we all kind of liked legacy production, um, low decline wells, and, and kind of that's where we are now. We've been operating um, in East Texas and South Texas and the Gulf Coast for about four years now. And how many different shale plays are you guys in? You mentioned a couple there, but just go ahead and run through the different uh, shale plays that either you've been in or are currently in. Well, we had uh, uh, roughly 30,000 acres in Colorado for the, uh, the Niobrara. Um, but, you know, currently we're not really in any shale plays. We're in, um, you know, conventional low-decline East Texas production, um, Travis Peak, um, Pettit, Rodessa, um, and then in uh, the Gulf Coast, we we operate salt domes, um, myosin, um, and then we have a small shallow field over in LaSalle County. Uh, our wells are about 1,400 feet deep over there. 
we 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 do have uh, positions in a couple Austin Chalkwells that we're pretty excited about, um, but mostly our main priority is conventional low decline um, proven assets. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what you guys have going in the future. Now, the last year, I don't know what you guys have been doing, if you've been COVIDing or you've been drilling, or talk about the last year and then what you guys have planned for 2021. Um, I mean, 2020 was, was pretty tough on us, like everybody else. It was mostly just maintenance mode. Just uh, um, protect what you have and, and, and operate what you have and, and just keep moving forward. Um, 2021, we're feeling more optimistic. You know, our prices are are almost $15 a barrel higher than they were um, for the average of 2020, um, I think. Um, but, yeah, I mean, our, our plan this year is to actually prepare for a sale of our company. Um, you know, we have lots of properties developed, and, and um, the sale is uh, kind of our main priority right now. Let's talk about that. So you're looking right now for a buyer, is that right? I mean, is this something that um, is, is part of the business plan? Is this something that you guys are just floating out there? Talk to me a little bit about, uh, you know, you don't have to get into the board meetings or anything, but, you know, the intention behind it. Talk to me like I'm a potential buyer. How's that? Yeah, we're just looking at, uh, um, you know, divesting all the properties and um, <laughs> or maybe even partnering up on some of them. We have some good... Uh, some good upside and that's kind of our main focus right now is to either develop it or to transition out of it um you know we like east texas our conventional stuff uh we like our our salt dome shallow stuff we like our our LaSalle county stuff and um you know either they might be a good addition to other operators in the area or um, um they could be um our non-op positions could be good for, you know, non-op players that would potentially want to develop and invest in our properties. Who would be a potential buyer? I mean, are you looking for, you know, the next wildcatter out there who the next T Boone Pickens is, or is it more just kind of companies now that are, you know, the Conicos and the marathons and, and that sort of thing? Um, who, I guess, who's the buyer in today's day and age with the new marketplace? Um, I think it varies from private equity groups to um, venture capitalists to, um, you know, historic production companies that have been around that are just looking to acquire production right now with upside. Um, you know, we're we're a pretty small operator compared to the Conicos and, and those guys with that what was it a six billion dollar deal that just happened from Pioneer out in West Texas? I mean, we're you know we're substantially smaller than those guys, but we do add value to a um, on chump, a reservoir basis. Chump change, right? That's the that's the. Do you want fries yeah. with that orders for those guys, right? Yeah, upsize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, up, upsize it. Give me forty more million acres in there. Yeah, no kidding. Wouldn't that be fun? Oh man, that'd be fun to have that kind of risk play play set and that sort of thing have that kind of money to just move it around and everything sorry i, I get a little dream happy hundred dollar oil where are you dang it okay um, no i know i read an article on those guys and they just kept uh they just kept going all in on on every every property they put together and 
you know, it worked, and that's fantastic. Well, it is. You know, I mean, that was kind of the Amazon business model, really, was Amazon was kind of the first too big to fail, where they started getting the investors and subsidies and everything else because they were just basically too big. And they knew that once that magic line had been crossed, they were going to springboard their profits, and that's exactly what happened. But a lot of people forget that Amazon, oh, Amazon is, is, is a product of people losing a ton of money before they made a ton of money. Yeah. So anyway, I, I don't know why yeah, I brought that did. up. But <laughs> No, no, they did. I mean, I don't, I don't know a whole lot of detail, but I don't think they made a profit for the first, I mean, 10, 15 years. Yeah, I, I just remember about like 10, year 10 in or something like that when I was starting to really understand, you know, skin in the game business versus venture capitalists, investors, and things like that. I asked a venture capitalist, uh, I said, how is it that people still give money to Amazon? I mean, they haven't made money in 10 years. And he said, yeah, that's a unique one because they're so ahead of their idea that everybody knows it's going to work, but they don't want to put... But yeah, and they, they don't know when, but at the same time, they have to keep putting money in because if they don't, they'll lose it all. But this way, they can at least get it. And, you know, he was explaining it sounds really stupid when you say it out loud, but when you understand the nuances of, of what Amazon is, where the marketplace is going, and where the electronic um, currency is going, you know, everybody that had any head on their shoulders saw that it was going to happen just a matter when, right? So, and that's where a lot of it is. We were that way with the internet. You know, we knew eventually people would pay for news on the internet. It just took 20, 30 years. <laughs> that's all. And and even, even now they're not even paying for it. They begrudgingly, you know, paying for it. It took Netflix and, uh, you know, that sort of WWE network and, and uh, Hulu and these streaming uh, networks really to usher in a paywall for newspapers because before then most people were, were still not paying for newspapers not until people got used to paying the ten dollar Netflix bill so uh, sorry that's my industry uh, is, is, is crypto the next thing or what so crypto's here yeah crypto's here it's um it it's going to be interesting where the next phase of where they go is uh, you know it could go anywhere from the government shutting it down which you know, Venezuela, I think they did that with oil, right? They just came in and said, okay, we own all the oil now. So I think the U.S. did that with gold or tried to do that with gold. So, I mean, there is historical precedences set where the government can come in and, you know, game stop something where they can, nope, we don't like it. You guys are too close to being competitive in competition with us, so we got to break it up. Microsoft, they did it too as well. Um, he was kind of the last uh, Wild West capitalist, really, uh, Bill Gates was. Um, all the other capitalists were pretty well controlled. You know, you look at Elon Musk and and uh, Bezos, and they've been very controlled through venture capitalists, through government uh, subsidies. You know, you take a look at a lot of um, what Elon Musk has going on, and it's backed a lot by government subsidies, meaning that if he didn't have the $800 million in the government, he wouldn't do the project. So, you know, that, that's kind of the managed marketplace, if you will. Um, I don't know how we got on that. Bitcoin. Bitcoin to me is like a commodity now. So the next thing is going to be what is going to happen with the 
global acceptance of uh, transactions, meaning that, you know, when is one oil company going to figure out a way to pay another oil company in Bitcoin? Uh, that's the next step, if to, in my opinion, you know. I, and I, don't, I don't know if it'll happen. I don't know. Who knows? Um, yeah. It's, well, uh, it's a new animal, that's for sure. Be, it's different because, you know, in the same way gold is money and could be money, uh, Bitcoin's the same way, except it's just digital. So it, it, it's, it's unique because... But can you build things with it? Like, that, that's the thing that I'm trying to explain to myself, right? It's like, okay, you can, you know, gold, like, you can actually make tangible... Yeah, but we're living in an intangible world. You know, but but we're living in an intangible world. We're, we're, we're living where we have more uh, what's called um, uh, thought workers, you know, they're, they're, they're a white collar, if you will. They're educated workers, so they don't manufacture. America's been going away from the manufacturing um, uh, economy for a long time. You could even argue, you know, since the 50s and 60s, if you will, when Nixon uh, went over to China, because as soon as we opened up the uh, relationships to China, that's when a lot of the outsourcing happened. And, of course, Clinton came in, and when NAFTA happened, that put it on steroids. So... The whole manufacturing part of the supply chain and economics has been out a long time. Uh, that, that is bothersome to me, too. It was a hard thing for me to understand because gold, the reason gold, silver, copper, platinum, palladium, the reason that they have had value over the course of you know, the history of mankind is because they're good conductors of energy. That's true. So... When you take a look at energy, gold and silver and platinum and palladium are at the top of the top of the supply chain. You can go back to Egypt and take a look at the pyramids, and they actually have batteries where they have like clay pots with copper wire wrapped around it, which was kind of the first battery. So they understood the the intrinsic, the uh, tangible properties of copper. So fast forward through time, gold and silver are very malleable, meaning that you can shape it very easily. And as they understood how energy is conducted, fast forward to today, the atom bomb, you needed gold actually to conduct the energy, uh, to, to transfer the energy in order to use a lot of um, atom bombs and a lot of uh, warfare. And you take a look at iPads and iPhones, you need silver and uh, I think Maybe just silver right now. Anyway, the amount of energy that is needed in a phone, you've got a lot of precious metals. It's all because of the conductivity of energy. So this is a very existential um, conversation we're having here, Nicholas, but I apologize. But uh, getting to your point, we have been getting away from that tangible uh, marketplace for a while, and it's concerning to me as well. Very concerning to me, but the reality is that uh, we have been going to this digital marketplace for a while. So I'm just going to hand the baton off to you and let you go whatever direction you want because I really just said a lot there that was kind of somewhat crazy and somewhat clever. Oh yeah, I mean it all it's all uh, it, it all makes sense. I mean I don't know. I see these posts on on uh, you know green energy and, and renewable energy, but you know I feel like it's some form. You know, it all comes from a, a non-renewable source, right? Like neither a lithium mine or, or the diesel fuel to manufacture the solar panels. But, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a good topic and, you know, 
was good talking to you. Well, the good news is, you know, if, if you're looking for a buyer in oil and gas, the, the good news is that oil and gas uh, really isn't going to go anywhere for a long time. I mean, when you've got over 90% of the population reliant on oil and gas from the tires in our car to the wind turbines to the toothbrush that we use to the medicines in our, in our medicine cabinet, it's going to take a long time for us to even consider to get away from PVC pipes and a number of things like that. So um, the good news is, is that you know, you, you've, got, you've got assets that uh, are going to be valuable for a long time, uh, whether it's you know, $40 oil or $100 oil, America and the planet is going to need fossil fuels for a long time. That is the reality what we're talking about here. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, we we agree that agree with that, and um, you know we do think we have value in in that, um, and hope uh, hope others see our value. Well, how can people? Uh, you know, I mean, we we produce we produce energy, right? Like you know we we power homes and we we power we power uh, vehicles to you know get to and from work. Um, you know it's a uh, it's a good product. Well, how can people get in touch with you, take a look at your company? I mean, I'm sure there's probably some pre-qualification things that need to happen if somebody wants to look at buying your company. But, um, you know, just it, put it out there, the information that people need if they want to explore taking a look at uh, your assets and company and et cetera. Um, our website www.ap, uh, like AmericanPatriot-Oil.com. Um, and you, know, you can check out what we've done there and, and uh, see what we have to offer. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. Life with Jason Speece. Thank you for joining the program today. You know, I, I come from an oil background. My family's been in the oil and gas industry for 60 years. I, I think the thing with the younger generation is the younger generation has pretty much bought into the climate change phenomenon. They really believe everything that people tell them. We just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without, without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. So I, I don't want to be real critical of them because being a guy who's, you know, dad has several small businesses and, and coming from that sort of small business background, I get it. I mean, the, the, the operators here were put in a real bad position by the state of North Dakota. I'm glad that we've got people like you to pay attention and bring us information on stuff like this. Prices can't go any lower for services. I, I, they're, they're too low right now. I, our margins are in the single percentage point if we're lucky, and we're not lucky that often. You're exactly right. ESG is becoming more and more important to shareholders. I can speak for my 20 companies. They take it very serious. It makes perfect sense, and I thought you had a really good 
show last week. Jason, I love your inquisitive questions because you you ask important questions that that lead to the most important truths. Hey, this is Kevin Kramer representing proudly the state of North Dakota in the United States Senate. Talking to Jason Spies, who's like the best energy interviewer in the world. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. We all like living the crude life, so. <laughs> the Crude Life with host Jason Spies. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Jerry Simmons, the CEO and president of DEPA, Domestic Energy Producers Alliance. This is Jerry Simmons. We have a board member, a DEPA board member, that is also an API board member. DEPA has a position on carbon pricing, and I don't know his personal position or his company's position. We haven't been told in, in what he says behind closed doors at API. We haven't been told. But we're, as far as I know, we're still in good standing with him. And, and again, however this plays out, he and his company may disagree with us or may disagree with API. That doesn't mean that you're going to disagree with everything that goes well, on. And not so. to mention, it's not, having, having some disagreeing voices is healthy. Absolutely. If API is going to go down some track that is going to take the organization away from representing the U.S. energy industry, the U.S. oil and gas industry, in Washington and with the press, because that's kind of the press go-tos. Let's go to ask API Mm -hmm. what they think. If they're going to relinquish that role and become the European Petroleum Institute, then let, let that be known, and that's fine. If it's this one issue that we're going to disagree on, then maybe that's an issue and we just move on and, and go about our business and, and, and see where, the, where the, the chips fall. As state agencies, as state organizations, you, you've got to make your own decision. DEPA made ours, uh, carbon pricing, and they, in that same release from the Wall Street Journal, they talked about the Paris Accords. We absolutely oppose uh, the Biden administration rejoining Paris. It does nothing for this country. It does nothing for the planet and, and global temperatures. To listen to the full-length interview with Jerry Simmons, the president and CEO of DEPA, Domestic Energy Producers Alliance, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our ever-growing army of social media energy enthusiasts, at thecrudelife.com, click on the social media tab. From the staff, you're at the Crude Life Daily Update. My name is Jason Spies, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The music heard on the Crude Life Morning Show, Play Hard, Work Hard, is by the Moody River Band.
Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life with host Jason Spies. So there's still people without power as of this morning. You know, right now, I think there's very limited driving out there in West Texas. They're generating about 5% of the power today uh, in, in Texas. Sensitive microphone because I just poured a glass of water because we don't have running water here yet. I mean, this, is, this has been uh, a very trying week for a lot of people across the state of Texas. Uh, there are, and let me just say this, I'm sorry that so many Texans were let down by their grid. On the phone talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipe and pipelines in Texas and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities uh, lines in Texas. So we have a lot of, and gathering lines are in that 470,000 miles as well. So we have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a sixth. It it is a very challenging day in Texas right now. Uh, The grid operator is projecting that nearly 3 million homes in Texas uh, are without power today. uh, And and there's- It's our snowing here in Lubbock again. I mean, I don't, I thought it was supposed to be sunny today. So I'm from Odessa, and that's a big part of my district, but I also represent, uh, in addition to Ector County, uh, three other counties in the Permian Basin. So Andrews County, Ector County, Ward County, and Winkler County, but uh, all, all in West Texas, all in the middle of the oil patch. You know, when they close the roads down, we can't transport that, that those, uh, those materials. And so we can't get the product to uh, where it needs to go to get refined so that we can either one, heat our homes, or two, uh, have fuel for our vehicles. Um, with pipelines, that doesn't really come into effect. You know, once the pipelines are laid, not much can stop that that crude oil or uh, natural gas from getting from point A to point B. They are so far behind the curve on getting the storage, the battery storage, uh, in place to be even be able to handle a, 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 the, you know, the most minute degree of storage for a case like what happened in Texas. And now, you know, there's gonna be a spotlight on that. And just an incredible impact. We saw nearly 30 gigawatts uh, come offline yesterday. Half the gigawatts went without water since Saturday. On Friday, the Railroad Commission uh, took quick action. I know you recently had Chairman Craddock on. We'll have water for until 5 p.m. and then we'll be off again for the night. On Friday, I sent a letter asking the Public Utilities Commission of Texas to rescind its order authorizing uh, these these generators or these providers to increase the rates. You know, I don't know that's true, but I don't think I'd want to be in a hospital in Dallas, Texas on on life support and know that wind energy is going to be my source of keeping that machine running, right? J.P. Warren reporting from uh, Houston, Texas at 9, 12 a.m., I don't even know what day it is right now. I think it's Wednesday. Uh, we ran out of water yesterday. I've had maybe three hours of sleep in three days. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by It Takes an Industry to Build a Forest. 
Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. The Crude Life, play hard, work hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come.